With the coronavirus pandemic locking everything down, we've gotten used to events like Apple's WWDC or Samsung's Galaxy Note 20 launch going virtual. But the IFA tech conference is going a different route, hosting a few thousand people in person. Is this crazy or a slight return to normalcy? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me again is CNET senior reporter Shara Tipkin. Shara, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So before we get into how this conference is going to work, can you talk a little bit about the IFA trade show and what it's all about? Yeah, IFA is uh, basically Europe's biggest trade show. It's this big electronic show that takes place every kind of late August, early September in Berlin. Uh, it's a lot of European-focused products, European-focused companies. So, you know, some of the biggest booths that you usually see are Deutsche Telekom and you know, T-Mobile at the time. And uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of things like TVs, washing machines. Um, in recent years, we've started seeing some more phones being announced there, but it's not usually a big phone show. And so we've seen a number of conferences that have all gone virtual, uh, but what is IFA doing that's different? There's actually an in-person component to IFA. Uh, usually about 200,000 people attend the conference. It's not just press and tech employees. It's also the public. So anybody in Germany or whoever wanted to travel there could get a ticket and go to the IFA. What's happening this year is they're not letting the public attend and they're capping the total event at 5,000 people. The individual events will have a max of 1,000 people at a time. The big question is, you know, does anybody go to this? Americans can't travel to Berlin right now, so that kind of wipes out a big percentage of attendees in the past. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was still getting uh, emails from IFA encouraging me to register to attend. So my suspicion is they don't have a very high attendance in person at this event. Yeah, I have to wonder how many folks are actually willing to, you know, enter into an environment where there are potentially hundreds, if not thousands of people around. And just to be clear, uh, CNET is not sending anyone to IFA. We're, we're covering this uh, remotely, uh, which I assume many other outlets are doing as well. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's the question. If, if, if folks are covering this virtually, and they are making everything available virtually, uh, and there's, there's only, you know, at max 5,000 people on the ground, I mean, is it even worth it? Like, what do you think about this idea of, this sort of half measure of allowing for a few thousand people to show up? We kind of have to think about it a little differently because in the U.S., we're still very much in the middle of this pandemic. Like, numbers are still going up. There hasn't, you know, a lot of places that didn't maybe have infections before now have more COVID, um, you know, places are just starting to open up. But Europe has handled this pretty well. Uh, Germany in particular hasn't had uh, kind of the number of deaths that we've seen in other places, or and they've they've managed it a little better. So life in Europe is a little bit more back to normal than what we're seeing here in the U.S. So it's not crazy necessarily to do something like this. Like it is, I mean, it's a little crazy, you know, because you're putting people in a convention center, and these are always cesspools for infection, but. Um, I would say if anybody can handle it, it's probably the Germans. And uh, we'll have to see what actually comes of it. I think, you know, the biggest benefit of having something in person is those face-to-face -face meetings and deals that you can't get when you're doing this virtually. 
um, you know, we'll have to see how these all end up going when you're not able to talk to people and meet with them face to face. Right. And, and with, uh, IFA, IFA is going virtual, but also it's got this in-person component. What do you think this means for future conferences like CES and Mobile World Congress, which are coming up at the pretty much the first half of next year? CES is already fully virtual. So, um, you know, I think the organizers are going to be watching IFA to see how this goes. IFA is normally at like a week long, if not a little longer, with kind of the press events that are happening ahead of time. This year, it's condensed to three days. So it's a lot shorter. Um, you know, we're going to have to see what CES does in terms of how it sets these up. Generally, CES, you have a whole day of press conferences, press conference after press conference. Uh, what's the point of doing that if you're watching it from home? You know, maybe they spread it out over a longer period of time. Who knows? Maybe some of these companies decide, hey, I don't actually need to meet CES timing. This doesn't normally really work for what I want. I might as well just, you know, do something on my own later. You know, that's what we saw Samsung do with IFA. It, you know, usually has an event at IFA. It used to announce big products there, which has kind of moved away from. This year it was like, hey, we're not attending IFA at all. IFA at all. We're going to do things remotely. So the organizers of CES and Mobile World Congress will definitely be watching this. I think particularly Mobile World Congress, since it hasn't yet said if it's going to be fully digital, um, you know, there's a chance that there could be an in-person component with that in Spain next year. But there's just a lot of factors to that could change that right up to it happening, basically. Right. So uh, on to the conference itself. I mean, what are some of the key themes you're expecting to see and hear about? Yeah. I, one thing that I think we're all kind of watching for that could be interesting is uh, what sort of pandemic products are we seeing? Uh, we already saw LG announce an air purifying mask that you could wear to purify the air. Um, you know, that's something that they haven't really made before, something we haven't really seen before, but it's a product that has become attractive to people because of the current environment we're in. Uh, Honor, which is owned by Huawei, said it's, you know, it's product lineup of phones and wearables. It's all kind of looking at them through the lens of the pandemic and figuring out how to better address our health and things like that. So there are features that we could see in devices or entirely new devices themselves that better address the reality of the world we're living in. And speaking of LG, uh, L that company as well as Samsung are experimenting with these virtual demo rooms. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So what, what they've done is in honesty, like a virtual press conference is not that different from being there in person. I mean, besides the fact meeting people, being able to to have kind of that in-person experience, but the thing that you cannot get virtually is a demo. You can't see what a phone or a TV or a, you know, a washing machine looks like through your computer screen. You can't see what these like sharp OLED TVs look like when you're looking at them through your, you know, laptop display. So what these companies have tried to do is make these sort of virtual demo rooms. So Samsung's is, is kind of this like virtual game. They basically worked with Epic's Unreal Engine to make this kind of, I described it as like a choose your own adventure sort of demo. So you're in this Samsung designed house and you can walk around and look at different products. And basically there's, 
the way it worked was there was this kind of press conference and people would um, would attend that. But then you could say like, oh, hey, I actually want to see the ports on the back of this TV. So you could stay back and look at the ports or you could use augmented reality to see what the TV looks like on your wall. Uh, LG went a little differently. It's not a kind of a game experience. Theirs appears to be more of um, YouTube sort vi- sort of videos that they have on a website where it will be, oh, here's our wall of TVs, what it looks like. Um, you know, they kind of recreated it in the sort of Mesa, the convention center, what it looked like. Um, IFA overall is going to have a virtual component as well. And I'm very curious to see what that looks like. I haven't um, seen that yet since the show starts uh, on the third. Right. And I mean, look, the, these companies are going virtual and and I appreciate that they're taking these steps to try to replicate the the demo experience. But, you know, is that is that really going to replace that? And like the I think you note this in your preview today that the, the lack of excitement is something that's sort of dogged the industry. And I think that's partly because we can't get hands on right away. I mean, do you think that's still going to be a problem at this show? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, even with these virtual demo rooms, they don't really solve the issue of feeling and, and you know, holding these in your hand or seeing them up close. Like, it's one thing to learn about an LG TV that you could roll up. Like, that sounds awesome. But it's totally different to see something like that in person and to see something like that on video as opposed to, you know, a video from journalists as opposed to kind of these slick marketing videos uh, you know, that's a, that's a very different experience. So I think this is something that the whole industry is kind of ha- going to have to deal with um, and experiment. And, you know, I talked to Samsung's head of marketing for Europe, and he said that, you know, they decided to do this sort of game gamified experience for IFA, but, you know, they could be doing something totally different for CES. Like they have to figure out, you know, what kind of is the best format for each event. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess it leads me to my last question is really like, do you think these these virtual rooms or virtual experiences will be around in the long run, you know, even after the pandemic is is long gone? I think that we're going to see companies really reevaluate what they do in terms of events. Like, is it worth spending tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to attend a conference in Las Vegas that maybe doesn't really match up with the timing for your products anyway? Or is it better for you to do something virtually? The issue for a lot of these companies is um, they don't necessarily have the cachet of a Samsung or an Apple who can have their own events. So they really count on having a convention to capture a lot of journalists and a lot of interest all at once. Um, I I do think companies are going to try to figure out how to kind of keep some of this stuff around. Like Samsung's head of marketing said that that's something that they're trying to figure out is in the future, how do you um, kind of combine the the physical and the virtual together? And, you know, it, it'll be really interesting to see what these companies come up with. All right, well, thanks for your time, Shar. If you have any questions about the EFA conference or its upcoming announcements, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. And you can read all of our EFA coverage on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.